I apologise to my kids several times a week, to be honest. I thought I was going to be the sort of parent that was going to role model how to behave well. What I'm actually trying to do now is be the sort of parent that role models how to live well. And living well involves what we do when we stuff up. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora koutou. welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations and the final episode for 2021. I'm not Andy Dixon, I'm Charlotte Cummings, here to take over the podcast with Andy as today's guest. I'm a mum and counsellor based in Ōtautahi Christchurch and Andy is fully aware that allowing a counsellor to take over his podcast is going to mean he may well end up bearing his soul, but luckily he's up for that. Living in the same community as Andy, I get to see his passion for doing whatever he can to equalise the playing field for people, whether that be through his role on a local school board to finding ways for their business to support important kaupapa. I've also enjoyed listening to a number of episodes of this podcast, so really respect what he has built over the last couple of years and the meaningful kōrero he facilitates for us all to enjoy. Here is episode 42 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Andy Dixon. So Andy, how are you feeling now that the tables have turned and you're the guest today? Yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah. (laughs) I'm much more comfortable on the other end of this scenario yeah yeah fun and I'm just looking forward to the fact that usually we get to have about like a quarter or an eighth of a conversation because most of the times we see each other there are too many children (laughs) so we get to actually finish thoughts which is like such a luxury for parents (laughs) okay so I'm launching right into things and I'm keen to talk firstly about your experience of redundancy so you've mentioned before on the podcast that this is something that you went through last year yep. and it is such a common experience mm. now over the last couple of years and even over recent weeks. I want to know how are you now mm. and how have you processed this roller coaster of different emotions with redundancy? Yeah, just thinking about how common it is. Mm. I, was, I was thinking about the other day we've got up our driveway there's four units mm-hmm. and one's a retiree. And the other three units all had people made redundant. Wow, wow. So, yeah. And we've all mm. now got jobs. We, mm. we all do things. But, yeah, like thinking about, actually, this is, there's a lot of people in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, how am I? I'm, I'm actually really good. I'm, I'm in a really good place. I've, I've um, had a sort of a mantra right from the start of where is the good? Mm. Going, okay, this sucks. Mm-hmm. This isn't what I would have chosen. In fact, I, I had a 20-year plan in place, yeah. and this has killed it. Oh. Um, but actually, there's still good in the world. Hmm. And, and where is that good? And, and what good things are happening hmm. while this thing that sucks is happening too? Hmm. And so, yeah, so that's kind of been a bit of a journey. And as time's gone on, there's been less and less of the the sucks mm-hmm. and more and more of the hey this is going really well so yeah uh, yeah Bex and I ended up sort of falling into running a business mm-hmm. which I'd never ever thought I'd be a business owner mm. um, wasn't on my radar but yeah we're we're loving working together mm. um, we're I'm loving doing a lot more parenting mm-hmm. uh, getting to spend time with the kids mm. where I used to see them in the morning go mm. off to work and then I'd come home, have dinner, put them to bed. Yeah. Uh, whereas now I'm home when they get home from school. Yeah. And we juggle it a little bit, but pretty much lunch. Um, Bex quite often carries on working mm-hmm. while I take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do all the kindy drop-offs and pick-ups and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So uh, that's been really neat, um, getting to do that with with the kids that I, I missed out on doing some of that mm-hmm. stuff with the girls. And so doing that with Cora has been really cool. What was the other part of the question? <laughs> How about the roller coaster? Because yeah. there have to have been days yeah. where you woke up yeah. going, I think she, I don't, I don't even know what I'm meant to do today, and this yeah. just sucks. 
Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that I've had I had quite a number of times, especially early on, where I'd processed it, I'd got to the point where I'm like, okay, this is what's happening, that's okay. And then I kind mm. of expected it to all be okay. Mm-hmm. But it actually still wasn't. Mm. And that, you know, the next day I'd wake up and be like, actually, this is not okay. Mm. Um, and I'd be a mess mm. all day. And, I mean, throw in the fact that, you know, I already had anxiety and depression mm-hmm. as part of my journey mm-hmm. you know that there's a whole lot of triggers going on there yeah. but yeah and and then I guess so I got made redundant from a pastoral role in a church mm-hmm. and we spent about oh, from when we found out in May that I was going to get made redundant I worked through to August but we actually stayed at the church right n- until Christmas yeah and we kind of had this idea that family's family Mm-hmm. And, okay, I might not be working in that role, but this is still our family. This mm. is still Fano, so let's hang in there. And that would be advice I'd give to a lot of people. Mm. If they got made redundant elsewhere in their mm-hmm. non-church jobs, yeah. actually your church can be a really good place to process that yeah. and whatever. Uh, and to have that consistency of belonging. Totally. That that there's something going on. That yeah. Not everything's changing. You're yeah. not leaving your job and your community. Mm. Uh, whereas what I found over time was that watching other people do your job mm. is no fun. Yeah. And it's like you, you've got a wound that's trying to heal mm-hmm. and every Sunday you're ripping the scab off. Mm. And it just didn't give me space to heal. Yeah. And so as much as I love those people and I love the church... Uh, yeah. We decided that we needed to move on. So, mm. you know, that was a that was a gut wrenching decision. Mm. Uh, I'm not a lever. I'm not a quitter. Mm. Uh, in fact, this is the first time I've ever left a church for reasons other than moving cities. Mm-hmm. But it was one that, for my own health and for the health of our family, we needed to do. Mm. Uh, and then we've settled into a new community, uh, and you know that's had its challenges. Mm. After six years of being part of shaping how a community worked Mm. I'm now not part of shaping it you know in the same kind of way and so I'm going what is how do I be part of this community now what does that look like Mm. Uh, because I've got really used to how it did look like Mm. and now I'm turning up and there's you know I'm just like part of the the machine in some ways you know that this stuff's all happening whether I'm there or not Mm. and so what does that look like and um and so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Even then, like once I've settled in that, special times of the year mm. uh, or particular moments in the year have, have suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks. So mm. uh, I thought I was going really well and that I processed everything I needed to and then we mm. got to Easter. And, you know, Easter was my big thing of the year. Mm. In my old role, I often uh, some of the other pastoral staff would be going away. Mm-hmm. So I would be shaping not only the Easter Sunday services, but the whole Lent season, which is the 40 days leading up to Easter, Mm. um, in terms of what does that look like as a community, Mm -hmm. um, and what do the services look like, uh, especially while Mm. half the church has disappeared on holiday Mm. or, you know, off to camp, but this is also the high point of our our faith calendar, uh, or one of the high points. Uh, And so, yeah, when I, I kind of turned up on Easter Sunday just expecting to Mm. be there and have another Easter message and whatever mm. but I just ended up bawling my eyes out because mm. suddenly the grief of what I'd lost hit me mm. again and uh, and so that's happened subsequent times you know we're just mm. about to start Advent and I'm feeling a loss of that for, for those who don't know Advent's the, mm. the four Sundays before Christmas and it's like a journey towards Christmas mm-hmm. and that's been something that I've really valued mm. and again really valued helping shape mm. and so this year again I don't get to do that in the same way mm. maybe there's other ways I can look at doing that you know yeah. we can we can do family yeah. advent you know yeah. it doesn't have to look the same all the time but yeah. they are reminders of what I did love to do mm. that I don't get to do anymore mm. and that's hard mm. um, as much as I love what I'm doing now mm. it's still hurts mm. not getting to do other things that I loved doing mm. so yeah it's it is a roller coaster it's mm. it's up and down fortunately there's more ups than downs these days yeah and um and that's really that's really cool and yeah I've been able to maintain some some good friendships from our old church as well which cool. has been really that's been healthy mm. yeah 
it, it's still a, it's an ongoing thing. Mm. I don't know if you know, but I was made redundant twice from the same church from uh, two different roles. So I fully rough. understand yeah. uh, just particularly what it pushes around, hang on, I've been someone who's been contributing here yeah. to this community that I belong to, and suddenly I'm not needed in this way anymore. Mm. So I think, you know, one of the things that often people struggle with is um, they can find a place of belonging if they're needed and they can contribute. Yeah. And so then when that bit moves, it's quite wobbly for a while, yeah. hey? I think one of the other things was that, you know, I was made redundant. Mm. If everything else there had stayed mm. stable mm. and the same, I probably could have found a place to, to heal and, and be yeah. okay. But actually... What subsequently happened was that the other pastoral staff, for different reasons, mm. ended up l moving on or retiring. Mm. And so everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was grappling with my own change and I just couldn't cope mm. with grappling with the whole change at the mm. same time. So, mm. I mean, there were so many elements in it that, you know, mm. while saying that I've processed a lot of it, I don't think I've even processed mm. half of it, to yeah. be honest. I'm just waiting till it, I get triggered and then yeah. <laughs> have to go and deal with it. I think, yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things um, uh, I found quite interesting was just it pushes all that stuff around, uh, am I even good at stuff? Yeah. Like, am I even, you know, was what I did not uh, as good as I thought yeah. it was? Um, was I not performing in that yeah. role in some way? Am I inadequate? Am I not enough for this? Am I not a good enough person for this? And it actually just takes time to get that yeah. back. Yeah. And it's not until you then have other positive experience that make you go, actually, I am competent. Actually, I, yeah. I can contribute in really meaningful other ways. Yeah. And it just is so hard that it takes time to rebuild that, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And uh, I mean, uh, they even went out of their way to say, hey, this is about mm. the, the sorts of things we think we need to invest in going into the mm. future so it's not actually yeah. about you yeah and yet i'm going yeah except you don't value the skill mm. sets that i have you know mm. and so like in my head i'm i'm hearing them say it's yep. not about you but yeah everything in me is going but yep. it actually is i was just gonna say you your know? head can hear one thing but yeah. your heart can just be completely disconnected yep. from that yep. yeah so that, yeah again i had to process a lot of that and mm. um I think, I mean, it definitely helped having other outlets to do some of the things I loved. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the podcast has been an amazing lifeline for me. Yeah. Uh, I started it not knowing that all that was going to happen, mm. but all that happened fairly soon into the, mm. the journey. And it's been a place I can invest um, my desire to help people mm. be shaped and grow mm. and inspired and all those other things that were part of my role. Yeah, cool. Um, so, so now I'm going to launch into asking you, uh, given that this is a big part of reforming yep. yourself after a redundancy, what's Andy Dixon good at? So I see that you're a man who's done lots of things, mm. you've been in a variety of roles, and now you're on the other side of 40. What would you say you're good at? I, I'm good at learning. That's mm. when I've done sort of uh, the strengths finder kind of things. Mm -hmm. Learner always comes out as my top. Um, which is no surprise because I've done like 12 years of tertiary study. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like it's just, it's like, oh, mm, really? Um, mm. But what that means is that I found I can get thrown into a bunch of different situations and actually be fine in them. Mm. So having never run a business mm. and never desired to run a business, mm -hmm. you know, I was suddenly writing uh, all of the food safety plans that mm -hmm. we needed for our business, of which I knew nothing about before I started doing mm. it. So... You know, that adaptability, which it, it's funny thinking of myself as adaptable because mm. I'm actually the sort of person that likes routine. I like mm. things the same. But yet I've found I actually I can do that if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, and and learning, you know, I've, I've done a whole bunch of um, renovations on the house and I never had, you know, even really held a tool before I, yeah. we bought the house. Um, and some of them have been on the fly because I started doing a, re a renovation and found something that went wrong and had to YouTube mm. and you know, learn off that. So, so that's been a huge thing for me is, is being a good learner. Mm. Uh, I think the other, the other thing that I'm coming to realize more is actually I am good at creativity. Mm. Uh, that 
creativity is actually a much bigger part of my life than I've ever really given it credit for. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I've I've been a musician mm-hmm. um, since I was I started piano when I was seven, mm. you know, and I've been a musician. I've played in bands, I've um, you know had songs on the radio, a whole bunch of things, and you know then I've been a performance part, and so all these things have been there, but actually, alongside that. You know, I was doing a lot of academic writing, so I never really saw it as creative. And yet, actually, what I loved about it was that if you found the right things and put them in the right order, mm-hmm. that was what got you the marks. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that this was actually a problem-solving thing where you used creativity to mm-hmm. to form something. And so, yeah, and so now I'm getting into a whole bunch of other writing things. Cool. Um, I did a creative writing course earlier this year. I'm currently doing a creative business course mm. uh, to look at how do I do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I guess I'm starting to go, actually, I've got value in that area and wonder mm. where that could go. You know, doing the podcast is an outlet for that creativity because mm. not only do I get to do the interviews, but I get to do the editing, which a lot of people hate, but actually <laughs> I really enjoy. It's, a, yeah. it's that kind of technical, creative, putting this together in a way that's going to make it sound good for yeah. people. And um, pulling on your sound man past. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so I've I've got um, some yeah technical abilities and in, in that as well, which helps. Mm-hmm. Hey, so we- do you know with your learner strength, one of the key things that uh, I see often people are missing in their understanding of that as a strength is that a key part of it is about learning together with others. So often people are kind of like, yeah, I love learning. I love. Um, courses, I love uni, I love books, I love all this stuff, but actually it's not a strength that's just about information and learning new things and mastering them. It's about the journey of learning together with other people or learning, you know, skills in your business that then are part of the team that you and Bex are that create something that serves your family and you're all learning. Like it's, it is actually a strength that I often really make sure people are aware of that part of it. It's just not learning for yeah. learning's sake. It's learning together. And that, that plays into the fact that like, I've always loved those moments because I'm a teacher as well. You know, yeah. I, I used to teach in a um, sports degree uh, and I, I just love teaching. I, but the reason I love teaching mm. is because I'm taking things that I've learned and then presenting them to people in a way that they grasp. Mm. And then when I see that something has clicked for them, those mm. moments where the light bulb's gone on and I've gone, oh, I get that. Yeah. You know, those moments are just gold for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, even like I run um, poetry workshops with, mm. with recovering addicts is mm. one of the things I do at the moment um, and have mm. been for about the last five years. And, you know, taking them from because they have to come to my workshop, mm. taking them from, I don't want to be here, mm. why am I doing poetry, Yeah. to, oh my goodness, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But cool. see, seeing the shift in them realising actually they've got stuff in them that they didn't mm. realise was there, and, mm. you know, I've helped them tap into that, mm. you know, again, that's been a, a real joy for me. Mm. Um, and something, again, that I've found that, that I'm good at, yeah. that I can help, other people draw out of them the things that either they're good at or Mm. draw out of them ideas and Mm. learnings Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah it's Mm. and that's all meshed together with that love of learning is that actually yeah it's not just about me it's Mm. about if I get all of this learning then I can be more of a blessing to other Mm. people and they can learn and that's where like people who aren't who don't have learning as a key strength. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i like, why don't they get it? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. amazing. I heard this idea and it just blew my mind. Does it not yeah, blow your mind? Yeah. And they're like, no. not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, sure. oh, wow. Yeah. I think, you know, strengths is a bit of a, can, can be a bit of a trap because, um, so there are 34 strengths yeah. in the Clifton Strengths Finder kind of system. Yeah. And I'm a counsellor. Yeah. Guess what my 34th strength is? empathy and so you know if you ever did that just and went what job should this person yeah, do totally. counselor probably wouldn't come up but actually yeah. you know we um we can can be good at things from a variety of different so, perspectives totally. yeah yeah and so tell me we've kind of touched on uh your podcast yeah. and how your creativity and love of learning comes together in this 
I've been curious if, as I've listened along. What's your kind of vision for this? Where are, mm. where, are you, where are you going with it? Yeah, so I guess the, the heart of it from right from the word go was that I saw particularly a whole lot of Christians who would pray the Lord's Prayer. And there's a bit in that that says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. And I've studied that passage through mm. my theological study. And I, um, it's really, re- in fact, I've got that that phrase written on my leg in Greek. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it means a lot to me. And mm. then I looked and saw a whole bunch of Christians who kind of would pray that and then expect God to magically do that somehow mm-hmm. and would just kind of wait for mm. that. And I thought about my life and the moments I'd been just involved in some ordinary mundane things that helped people mm. and how that actually felt like a bit of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And so that was the heart of it, was going, hey, people, I think this is way more ordinary than you think. Mm. Uh, And actually there's some really cool people doing, cool but ordinary people, Mm. doing some great stuff Mm. that is making a difference in the world. Mm. And so maybe this God's kingdom coming on earth thing isn't just about making sure everyone knows the four things they need to do to become a Christian or whatever, Mm. but is actually just when we act in the way that aligns with what God is like. Mm. And so, you know, loving people and serving people and caring for them and bringing beauty into the world, bringing mm. joy into the world. So, you know, I, I said right from the start, if this if this podcast can encourage one person in the, mm. that direction, it's worth it. Mm. And if that one person's me, it's still worth it. Yeah, I love <laughs> you know, that. Yeah. Um, because I've just loved it, you know, sitting yeah. down with so many cool people. And and it's given me an opportunity to say, hey, person I don't know, can yeah. I sit down and have a conversation with you? Yeah. Whereas, like, n- I, normally I just wouldn't email mm. someone from America and go, hey, do you want a Zoom chat? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so I've, I've got to talk to some, some awesome people, but, mm. um, yeah, I wouldn't have got those opportunities. Mm. So that's... That's kind of the heart of where it started. Mm. Um, now I'm going, this is this is great. I'm really mm. enjoying this. There's obviously just an amazing number of people that mm. I could talk to. You know, didn't I hadn't really thought ahead. You know, someone asked me early on, are we going to get people? Mm. I was like, oh, I'll just ask my mates who, yeah, you know. Yeah. And for most of the first year, that's what I did. Yeah. And then this year I started going, hey, well, I've got a year under my belt. Mm. There's a bit of credibility there. Mm. I'll just reach out to people and say, hey, would you be interested? Mm. And more of them have said yes than no. Yeah, um, so cool. that's been really cool. So that's built up my confidence. And now yeah. if I ask someone and it says and they say no, then yeah. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and I had, you know, I had someone who I really would have liked to interview who'd said yes. Mm. And then on the morning of the interview, they said, actually, they're in the States. They said, oh, my mm. daughter just got a positive COVID test this morning. Mm. Um, and so I'm going to have to cancel. Yeah. And then I just haven't been able to get yeah. in touch with them again. They, ha- yeah. they just haven't replied to anything. Oh. And so, so I was like, okay, well, that one's gone. But, mm. you know, I've, I've got to the point where we're going, well, actually, that's, that's not a reflection on me. Mm. And it's not a reflection on them either. It's just mm. life. Yeah, they're busy, you know, I'm a small fry thing in New Zealand, but <laughs> it's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. So anyway, so the, for the future, you know, I'm starting to go, what else could this be? Yeah. Um, it, yes, it can be a podcast, yeah. um, but maybe it can then branch out. Uh, mm. I've done a couple of sermons mm. based around this kind of concept, like preaching through the Lord's Prayer yeah. um, at different churches. And so maybe it can be something where I start to kind of put a, a mm. thing together and go and speak at different places. Mm. Uh, maybe it could be that we actually do some live events mm. and get uh, a panel of people coming oh, in. Oh, I love and, that idea. And so a bunch of people, obviously, you know, people in our local area, yeah. not, not people all around the country, but yeah. people in our local area could come along and, you know, hear from the sort of people that I interview mm. on the podcast, mm. but in a live situation, which mm. sometimes is just that little bit more mm. inspiring when you're mm. actually seeing the person you're seeing them cry you know yeah. you're you're seeing the expressions on their face yeah um, which you, you just can't do on a podcast yeah uh, we do our best to kind of convey emotion mm. uh, but yeah so so that's kind of some of the thoughts of where this could go awesome. um, and that's a bit of exploration for me to do over the summer when 
um, business is a bit quieter in January because mm. our business is just cranking at the moment. Yeah, super cool. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, because we, we sell sprinkles and mm. cake baking things. Lots of people buy from us when their kids have birthdays, mm. but it seems like you get to Christmas and they mm. all buy yeah, at the same yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah, we're pretty flat out at the I moment, just love that I great. can make a really average cake and throw really amazing sprinkles on the top yeah. and people are like, wow, yeah. look at that. Win. Easy win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so when I get to January, I'll start doing a bit more um, actual planning around cool. that and, and start putting that out there mm. to different, different people, different mm. um, events, different mm. churches, see what what hits and mm. again it's that sort of thing of oh well if I throw this out there and it works mm. great and if I throw this out there and it doesn't work mm. I'll keep yeah. doing the things that do work you and know? You, you might be you know really on the mark with your timing because I, I feel like people are just so craving that face-to-face -face mm. stuff again yeah. and we're, we are going to get there to that point where we yeah. can move free a bit more freely again. yeah yeah can I ask a nosy question are you addicted a little bit to looking at the stats I do yeah <laughs> I've, I try not to too much because, yeah. again, like for me, it is all about if one person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is nice to see, actually, I interviewed this person and actually not only have mm. people listened to that, they've mm. then gone and mm. downloaded a bunch of the back catalogue. Yeah. You know, and that's been really encouraging that, yeah. that there's people that have found value in, you know, maybe someone they know has got interviewed. Yeah. And they've gone, oh, there's this thing I didn't know. And the, yeah. so that what's been interesting to me is not so much how many people have downloaded, mm -hmm. but what they've downloaded. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they've gone back and gone, oh, these ones, are, you know, and, mm -hmm. and picked some bits and pieces from throughout the, the two years of, yeah. of podcasts to be able to then listen to and mm. you know even someone said to me oh I'm getting through 10 minutes at a time Aww. you know when when I my kids allow yeah. you know but um but my mum's like binged all of them oh no that's what they were saying their oh, mum their mum yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your mum's my binged mom, all of them my, too my mum's listened to all of them too um <laughs> thanks mum mum's thanks, good for thanks, sex dad oh, yeah. yeah yeah actually um I I did go on one time and saw that I had 3,999 downloads yeah. and I messaged the family going oh yeah, nearly yeah. at 4,000 and mum and dad were like okay, okay. We'll, we'll listen to one now oh, and so they took cool. me out so they're like are we your 4,000th listen <laughs> so that you? was pretty fun yeah um, it's great to hear the vision uh, behind yeah. what you're up to that's really yeah. cool yeah okay so I'm keen to ask now one of the things that we connect over is both being parents yeah and we know that kids are wonderful and we both like them enough to have made three of them each. Yep. But um, a friend of mine recently described parenting as a trauma and I cackled from this yep. place like deep in my soul <laughs> <laughs> about yep. just how apt that was. Um, yep. And I just personally find so much solidarity in when yep. people share about what is challenging for them as a yep. parent. So Andy, what are the hardest parts of parenting for you? I mean, the biggest thing in my journey is that uh, up until I had kids, the anxiety and depression that has actually been part of my life since I was a kid was undiagnosed because I'd learned how to manage it. Mm. I, I found ways to kind of band-aid it. I wrote off sort of one-off events mm. as just a random thing rather than seeing any patterns. Yet once we had kids... Mm -hmm. It just pushed all of the buttons. Mm. Like all of my trigger points just got smashed. Mm. Um, and subsequently, you know, I've learnt that things that that I need to do to stay healthy mm. involve having enough time to myself. Mm. Well, that, you know, when you've got a newborn. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I used to go off to work and then I'd come home and I would sit in the car for two minutes mm. just breathing mm. because I knew that as soon as I walked in the door Bex was done mm. you know here you go yeah, have, have a baby <laughs> I'm done I need some space and and it was going to be my job to go yeah. from my paid employment to yeah. my home employment yeah and so that I just didn't get that time and actually if I look at it after having Sophia who was our first I probably went through about three months of depression. Mm. Um, part of that was I'd also just finished my master's thesis, which mm. was like a year and a half of project, mm. and handed that in. Uh, and then like a month later, she was born, or yeah. a little bit longer than that. 
And then I'd also gone from thinking, okay, I'm going to change the world now that mm. I've done all this theological study and then ended up back in the job that I'd left knowing that's not what I wanted to do with my life, mm. teaching in the sport sector mm. and going, oh, it was a real blessing there to, to have the job, mm-hmm. but also it's not what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. So, you know, I had that those two things in play and then all the pressures that came with a newborn baby mm. and the not knowing, you know, I like to know, I like to be in control. Mm. That's one of my trigger points for my anxiety is, is I had a trauma as a kid and it mm. well the the belief that came from it was when I'm not in control bad things happen. Mm. And so I've just been a control freak my whole life. Thou shalt stay in control. Yeah. yeah. And and you just can't. Yeah. When you've got a newborn, yeah. they'll cry and you have no idea why they're crying. Mm. And you can't stop them. There mm. is nothing like sometimes there's just mm. nothing that you can do to stop them crying and yeah. I've seen it with friends who've had kids in the last few months that mm. that you know their first kid and they're like mm. how do you stop your kid crying I'm like you don't yeah. you know <laughs> sometimes yeah. you do you know sometimes a cuddle works sometimes a burp yeah. works sometimes a feed works sometimes none of the above work yeah and if only and, we knew when which nights were going to be the bad nights yeah, yeah. um but yeah so so then you're getting no time to yourself mm. uh, another of my things is making sure I get enough sleep mm. you know having kids mm. You're just getting woken up all the time. So just one after another after another, mm. it, it pushed my my triggers. Mm. And so then you've got this idea of the parent that you'd like to be, mm. and then you're not living up to that. Mm. And that's really hard as well, yeah. is going, oh, man, I thought that I was, you know, I saw other people parent and they yelled at their kids, and I'm like, yeah. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And Hello, here we are. <laughs> you know, I, I apologise to my kids several times a week, yeah. to be honest, like for... Yeah. You know, we say to them, even this morning, mm. um, Sophia yelled at something and Beck said, you know, mm. you don't you don't yell at people. Mm. And she said, well, Dad yells at me. Mm. So, oh. yeah, that is true. Yeah. So let's go with the yeah. family rule of when you yell at someone, then you apologise. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and it's one of those things of going, actually, I've had to realise that parenting is a journey just like everything else. Yeah. And we're not going to get it all right. And I found that really hard mm. because I want to be in control. Mm. And you just can't. Um, and then you have mm. another kid and the pressures increase. Mm. And when we had Mackenzie, mm. I got depressed again. You know, mm. I, I had another, it was shorter that time. It was probably more like three mm. or four weeks. Mm. Um, mm. And then by the time we had Cora, I'd been sort of diagnosed. I mm-hmm. understood what was going on. And I still had mm. a couple of weeks of depression mm. of just like not wanting to even do this anymore Mm. and you know pretty bad but Mm. at the same time knowing that I now had tools to see the hope out the other side of it Mm -hmm. and so that only lasted for sort of one and a half to two weeks yeah and you know that's but that's been a real a real big thing you know, for all the joy that the kids bring, mm-hmm. they just know how to push your buttons. Yeah, and I would have um, said that I had really good mental health before having yeah, kids. Yeah. And then, whoa, you know, the, the things that you just didn't even realise were there. And I think uh, I've got a poem that is called What Having Daughters Has Taught Me that mm. was written back when the girls were like three and four. Mm. And one of the lines is girls who at my worst bring out of me feelings I didn't know I was capable of Mm. but who at their best bring out of me feelings I didn't know I was capable Mm. of and I think parenting is that kind of journey where it uncovers the worst of the worst about you yeah and the best of the best about you yeah you know and you have these moments that are just Mm. like I never thought I could love someone this much Mm. but I also never thought I could be this angry with someone Mm. you know (laughs) that I have never felt anger like I felt towards my kids yeah. when they've done things that just mm. blow my mind mm. in a negative way. Mm. Um, and so pr- learning how to process that well, mm. because actually being angry isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. It's then how we how we outwork that. Yeah. And um, yeah. Mm. So so yeah, it's 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 a journey, but um, it's worth it. You know, it's the hard things are hard, but mm. man, it's worth it. I would find myself often at the end of the day thinking back over my parenting day and thinking about all the things that I, you know, fell short on. You know, yeah. I I missed this child's need and I didn't yeah. respond well to this and, 
you know, I'm not on top of that, whatever it was, and I need to like Google strategies for this because what am I even meant to be doing with that behavior or whatever it was? And one of the little tricks that I've learned for myself is what do I want more of tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And so instead of doing those reviews that are quite berating yeah. of like, okay, and so this didn't go well, and then that was a disaster, what do I want more of tomorrow and how do I make that? Yeah. And so for me, that's been such a key thing is realizing that every day with my kids has hard moments. Yeah. And what I need to focus on is how do I make more of the good moments yeah. that, that hopefully on some days crowd out the difficult yeah. times. Um, but, you know, just it's such a huge mental health challenge, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Mm. And yeah, I mean, there, there are just days where you're not in a good headspace to start mm. with. And again, in that same poem, you know, um, I say, you know, when a, a lack of sleep and a moment's frustration give sharp edges to words that pierce skin not yet mm. as thick as my own. Mm. And this this idea that actually sometimes it's not even the kid's fault. Yeah. It's that I've had a rubbish sleep. Yeah. And I'm really tired. Yeah. And they do something that irritates me that on any other day I would just not even notice. Yeah. And suddenly I've said something that hurts them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've had to keep coming back to I thought I was going to be the sort of parent that was going to role model how to behave mm. well. What I'm actually trying to do now is be mm. the sort of parent that role models how to live well. Mm-hmm. And living well involves what we do when we stuff up. Yeah. And how we deal with that. And, you know, the fact that I do go and apologize to mm. my kids and I sit them down and go, look, actually, not only am I sorry, but mm. that was not okay. Mm. You know, I just want you to know that that was not okay, what mm. I did. And I'm going to work really hard on trying to get better at that. Mm. Um, and Because I, I want them to be the resilient kind of people that mm. when they don't achieve what they're trying to achieve, mm. uh, they behave in the way that they don't want to behave, yeah. you know, within them. That actually they're going, but I can, I can apologise, I can get better. We yeah. can keep this relationship. Because yeah. that's actually the most important, isn't it? The, the relationship yeah. part of it. Um, Mm. Yeah. And so nosy question, and I've got no idea what your answer to this is. Has counselling had a place in your mental health journey? Yeah, yeah. My first involvement with counselling was when I was studying theology at Laidlaw, mm-hmm. and they had some counsellors in training who mm. had to do a certain number of hours, and yeah. so a couple of them uh, did free counselling for mm-hmm. for the students. So that was my first go of, man, I'm having these moments of anxiety, mm. and so... I just, it'd be good to figure out how to do that. And and mm. all we really did over four weeks of that was find ways for me to recognize the feelings as they were coming mm-hmm. and how to band-aid that. Mm. And at that time, I thought that's what counseling did, yeah. you know, just helped you manage what you had to deal with. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, I've then seen counselors around when I, I really wasn't coping in the first job that I had mm-hmm. down here in Christchurch where... I was managing a whole lot of guys that had experienced prison Mm. and it was a really last minute kind of industry and I'm a planner. Mm. So on all fronts, it was just really hard. Mm. And again, I hadn't been diagnosed properly yet. Mm. And so I just thought it was something I wasn't Mm. dealing with very well. And there goes that control thing again. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so then I, um, so I had some counseling sessions then just to help make it okay to be at work. Mm -hmm. And again, it worked, but it didn't get to the root of the problem. And it, mm. it um, I did some kind of lay counselling stuff through church, mm. which, I don't know, more pastoral care, prayer kind mm-hmm. of stuff than trained counselling. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time I'd really found a connection between the anxiety that I struggled with mm-hmm. and the trauma that I had as a kid, which was mm. watching my brother... When I was six or seven, I watched him mm. ride a mini motorbike into an unused dog kennel and cut mm. his face open on the corrugated iron roof, mm. which was fairly traumatic. Yeah. Not only that, but there were no adults around. So as a six-year-old, oh. I became the adult yeah. and had to get him back to the house. And yeah. um, wow. and so there was, the, and then, of course, mum and dad took him off to the hospital, left mm. me with family friends. So while I'm in the mm. biggest trauma in my life, mum and dad have gone, yeah. which I totally don't blame them for. Yeah. That's what I would do as yeah. a parent. It's just what you needed to do. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, so that brought up other things for me. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, as I discovered all that, 
I thought, great, this is mm. going to help me unlock this. Mm. What actually happened was, a couple of months later, I just ended up so unbelievably depressed. Mm, falling apart. And just not coping with yeah. life. Um, we were getting our house, the, the bedrooms plastered and painted, so mm -hmm. we'd um, just moved everything into the lounge and then went and lived with mum and dad for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming out one morning and just saying to mum, I just can't do this anymore. I need someone to fix me. Mm. Um, and she said, oh, why don't you go to talk to the doctor? You know, the medication I'm on is really helpful. Mm. I was like, hang on, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're on medication. And yeah. somehow we just hadn't had that conversation. But yeah. that encouragement was all I needed. And I went and saw a, sort of a doctor counsellor mm -hmm. um, who his insight was actually the work you've done already mm. is actually fantastic. But mm. what it's done is it's knocked all the wheels off your false coping mechanisms. Mm. So you had all these things in place that kind of kept things in control. Mm -hmm. But having discovered what's really going on, mm -hmm. those things no longer work. Yeah. And that's why you're feeling like you're feeling yeah. now. And, and so I've been on medication for the last four years, mm -hmm. which is just amazing. And I mean, medication is not for everyone, but, mm. you know, I'm not in a hurry to get off it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's making life manageable yeah. um, and it's given me the chance to then do more counseling yeah. work in a way that doesn't make me fall apart yeah you know I can now experience those unbearable feelings mm. and talk about them and mm. process them rather than running away from them which is what I've done for my entire life so mm. you know as in my mid to late 30s I basically had to start learning how to feel feelings mm. um, which is a really weird thing to say for you know when you're nearly 40 but yeah how to how to feel feelings was incredibly common gosh yeah, yeah. and and so you know I, I'd controlled everything I could to stop feeling those feelings mm. that I just didn't want to feel and now I had to learn what to do with them when I did feel them mm. because previously when I had finally felt them I'd exploded into anxiety mm. or I'd hit depression or you know yeah. um so yeah so so it's just been amazing actually and and mm. the beauty of going to the this particular doctor that i went and saw mm -hmm. who actually was one of one of my guests um, dr jeremy baker on, oh, cool. on episode seven yeah. um who just has this amazing way he brought spirituality and medicine together yeah. in a way that uh just made me wonder as a as a westerner mm -hmm. why the heck we ever separated them because mm. mm. there's pretty much no other culture in the world mm. other than western society that has separated medicine and mm. spirituality mm. and um and yet we think it's progressive yeah you know we've progressed by doing this and it's like well actually have we uh, but he managed to bring it back together and go hey look this is kind of where you seem to be at spiritually this is where mm. you seem to be at emotionally this is what's going on in your body body medically mm. you know so it wasn't it wasn't just oh you just need to pray more yeah. you know like a lot of the church you've got yeah. having a mental health struggle it's like well have you prayed it's like no yeah. I never thought of that you yeah. know mm. and on the flip side other people are like well just you know take medicine it's mm. like he was he was able to go this is what's happening in your body mm. this is that trauma means that these chemicals are happening we'll get mm. some medication to help you with that mm. and then let's keep processing this emotionally and spiritually cool. so yeah awesome. it's in terms of that counseling is just fantastic my brother's a counselor mm. as well so you know it's it's one of those things that I just I couldn't rate highly enough yeah. I think finding the right one that fits you yeah. is really important yeah. that um, it's not a one size fits all mm. when it comes to counseling it, mm. that actually some of them are going to be just what you need and mm. others are going to be maybe helpful but mm. maybe not yeah. you know um, and in fact I know people who have gone to the same counsellor and one of them who just thinks they're absolutely yeah. amazing and the other one who just wants to punch them in the face. Totally. You know, and, and it's because they had different needs. They yeah. they had different ways that they operated. Yeah. And what worked for one didn't work for the other. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great to hear your journey with that. That's super yeah. cool. I'm going to do, um, before we wrap up, I'm going to do a this or that because oh, I yeah. know that's not your usual style, but I just want to do it because it's fun. So this or that, introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Prepared or last minute? Prepared. Ear guitar or eardrums? Or oh, eardrums. <laughs> Holiday with kids or without? Oh, without. Aotearoa or New Zealand? Aotearoa. Save or spend? Save. And would you travel to a third world or first world country? Ooh, Preference. Yeah. Do you know, I haven't... I went overseas when I was 10 to Sydney. Hmm. 
And that was the last time I went overseas, and Bex has never been overseas. <gasps> Whoa. I did, when I was two, I lived in Papua New Guinea for a year. Yeah. A year and a half, but yeah, it's funny, I've just never really had a desire to go overseas. Oh. Um, it's a big decision you're going to have to make. If I did go overseas... <laughs> I would love to go into Greece and Italy yeah. and look at all the biblical sites because yeah, cool. I've done so much study of the ancient world yeah. in that area that I'd love to kind of sit in those spaces where mm. that writing happened and mm. you know all of that kind of stuff. So, mm. so yeah, that's that's probably where I'd go if I was going to do it. But you know, cool. I've got to wait till the kids grow up now. Yeah, <laughs> beach or mountain? Oh, mountain! I hate beaches. Apple or Android? Android. And tell me, what's your favourite podcast that you're listening to at the moment? Oh, I've got a few. I um, I love the Bible for normal people. Mm. It's a couple of scholars over in the States who are trying to make accessible a lot of academic work around the Bible that mm. maybe isn't the sort of stuff that you would normally hear in a lot of churches mm-hmm. and maybe pushes you to think about the Bible in different ways, and so I, I love that. I love the way they do it. It's just lots of cool interviews. Mm. Um, so that's a really big one. I listen to. Um, I listen to, uh, or when when it's in season, it's currently off season. Uh, one called The Confessional mm-hmm. by Nadia Boltz Weber, and she just gets people to come on and just tell us their worst story. Wow! <laughs> and it, it's just like mind blowing these people, wow. and but also the healing that they find in doing that and. Mm. You know, so there's been, you know, people that that killed people in a drunk driving accident mm. and, um, you know, other people who scammed people out of millions of dollars mm. and and just hearing their stories and going, wow, and yet it's got this tone of redemption in it. Mm. So that's beautiful. Um, New Zealand-wise, uh, probably the biggest two I listen to from a New Zealand point of view are 21 Elephants, yeah, uh, which has got some great stuff on it, and In the Shift, which is a guy, Michael Frost. Um, so the New Zealand theologian, Michael Frost, not the Australian theologian, right, Michael Frost. Okay. Uh, and he does a whole lot of, again, really good biblical stuff, asking the sort of questions that uh, he was never allowed to ask growing mm. up in church mm. and and just wrestling with things in a different kind of way. So mm. um, his, his sort of tagline is when life and faith go off script. Mm. And, um, you know, a big part of beginning it for him was them really struggling to have kids mm. and going actually I thought if I was following this faith thing it was all going to be okay mm. and this is really not you know mm. we, I don't know what to do with this so so yeah those are some some go-tos for me cool um, so just as we close what would you like to say to your listeners as this year wraps up mm. yeah I, firstly just thank you so much for jumping on board with this journey uh, whether you've listened to one or whether you've listened to all 42 of them mm. uh I'm just so thankful that that people are valuing it enough to want mm. to invest their time because essentially mm. that's what you're doing. And I just, I really hope that this is inspiring you the way it's inspiring me to go and do some good in the world. And, and if you get nothing else from all the conversations, you know, what I always want to come back to is what are you doing with what you have, mm. where you are? Mm. You know, we don't have to all leave our jobs and go to Africa to, to do good in the world. Mm. You know, you can do good right where you are you can take your neighbour a meal, you know, mm. you can say hi to someone who is looking really left out at a gathering, you know, there's there's so many ways we can do little things that just bring a bit of heaven for people, and so, mm. yeah, just hopefully this is an encouragement to do that, and make sure, if you enjoy it, make sure you tell your friends and your family about it, that's the the only way this has grown, really, you know, mm. I, I can do as much Facebook and Instagram stuff as I like, but the mm. only way it grows is when people tell other people. Mm. So, um, so if you want to help out, that'd be a great way to do it. Oh. Um, and have a wonderful Christmas, and we'll be back with some new material in the new year sometime. Nice. Thanks for having me, Andy. Hello. Well, that's a wrap for 2021. Thanks so much to Charlotte Cummings for taking over today. Charlotte is a counsellor and has her own practice, and I'll put links of how to find her in the show notes. 
She may even be launching her own podcast next year, so I'll keep you informed on that when it happens. To all my guests, thank you so much for giving yourself to inspire and encourage others, to be a light in dark places. You are all the most beautiful people, and the world is so much better for you being you in it. To all of you who have been listening this year, I appreciate you. You are such a blessing to me. Uh, please get in touch with me and let me know if there's anything that's challenged or inspired you. Uh, feedback is few and far between in the podcasting world, so if you have some, I'd love to hear it. Uh, or if you have ideas of people who you see as bringing a bit of heaven down to earth who I should be chatting to. If you want to help support the podcast for 2022, I've got to give a little page running at the moment. Uh, just looking to raise some of the running costs so I can keep this thing going without having to throw ads in your face or uh, or in your ears, I guess. But now, to all of you listening, here is a blessing for you. May you know the grace and love of the divine this Christmas season, especially if Christmas time brings a sense of pain and loss for you. May you find the good wherever you go, bringing light into dark spaces and making joyful spaces even more colourful. May you be the good wherever you go, always looking for ways to share goodness with those around you. And as you do, may you know heaven on earth in ordinary but extraordinary ways. May you be inspired and encouraged to know that who you are and what you have is enough to make a difference in the world, that the world is better for having you in it, that those around you are better for knowing you. And in every moment, may you know love bursting into your life and flowing out into the world around you. Thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the karakia. Join me next year when I talk to another stack of amazingly ordinary humans who are doing what they can with who they are to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Until then, me inoi tato. E tō mātau matua i te rangi Kia tapu tō ingoa Kia tau mai tō rangatira tanga Kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Humai kia mātau ai nei E taro mā mātau mō tēnei rā Muro mātau hara me mātau hoki e muru nei i o te hunga e hara ana kia mātau Aua hoki mātau e kawea kia whakawaia e ngari whakorangia mātau i te kino